Yo, yo, welcome back to another episode of On Spot Sports. And before we get to our guest today, we have a big shout out for, for Living Sisu. Living Sisu is a platform and app that wants to give you all the tools to have success in your sport. Their main objective is to activate your lifestyle. So for active, it's for active people, enjoy discounts at, at companies like BioSteel, 30% off, BodyLogics, the Goalie Guild, all his books are discounted, Roan, Lululemon for men, 20% off, online stretching programs with Eccentrics, one full month free. They got super silent massage guns, 20% off those. And it's a great quality. It's way less expensive than a Theragun. And it's a great, it's great quality. So there's so many more discounts that you guys will need to just become a member to see. So they want to provide you with anything you need for success. So come join the community. I'm a part of it. A bunch of other athletes are a part of it. So it's free to join. It takes 20 seconds to have to get exclusive offers to your sport. And it's definitely worth worth it. So do do us a huge favor and go sign up for Living Sisu's membership. It's free, twenty takes 20 seconds. So go do it and we'll see you there. Living Sisu is a great company. We uh we know one of the co-founders, Zach Fricali. He's a great guy. He uh He's the co-founder and he does a lot of live streams on Instagram at, uh, at Living Sisu and with a bunch of elite athletes. And you learn a lot from like the athlete's determination, the resiliency, everything to what me, made them become successful. So it's been a great experience so far. So go on. I'm going to leave uh, the link in the description. So uh, go sign up. Yo, welcome back to another episode of On The Spot Sports. I'm Jack, and in today's episode, we are joined by a very special guest, former professional goalie Mark Dekanich. Mark spent time in multiple leagues, ranging from the NHL to the National Predators, AHL for multiple organizations, ECHL with the Cincinnati Cyclones, South Carolina Stingrays, and the Reading Royals, along with a two-year stay in the KHL. Mark attended college at Colgate University for four years playing college hockey. Now Mark is a strength and conditioning coach with Deck Show High Performance. Welcome to the show, Mark Dekanich. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So, Mark, how, how have you been during these uh, crazy times with COVID and everything? Uh, it's been tough, you know. I think everybody's world's changed a lot in the last nine months. Um, but I've been adjusting, and uh, fortunately, I'm still able to get into the gym and work and train people and athletes. So uh, it's been fine in that re- regard. Yeah, that, that's at least good that you're able to still be in the gym and have your gym be open. I want to talk about that a little later in the episode of, like, what you're doing. But for now, like, can you give our viewers, like, a little background information on, like, on when you started playing hockey, what made you become a goaltender, and, like, when did you start playing hockey? Sure, yeah, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of my career. Um, started skating at three, just like any other Canadian kid, I think. Um, my dad played hockey semi-professionally when he was younger and then my mom was a professional figure skater so I guess you could say I was born on the ice uh started playing organized hockey at five and then really switched to goalie full-time when I was 10 years old um my summer team needed a goalie and didn't have anyone and I obviously thought the equipment was awesome and uh played once and that was the end of me being a sniper um (laughs) Then I played all sports growing up, um, soccer, football, baseball, basketball, um, all of that stuff until 
I turned 16 and then that's when I made the BCHL as a walk-on at 16. So uh, I was one of the younger players in the league. Um, fortunately, I, I made a team that was like 20 minutes from home. So I could just stay at home throughout my junior hockey career. Uh, I got to go to the same high school, which was huge and uh, live at home with my parents. So uh, that was good. Played two years with the Coquitlam Express in the BCHL. My second year early on uh, was offered a full ride scholarship to Colgate University and jumped at that opportunity to take it and go play for another four years out in uh, upstate New York. Um, had a pretty good career there. Uh, ended up getting drafted to the NHL by Nashville uh, after my sophomore season at Colgate and then decided to, to stay and get my degree. And then I uh, graduated in 2008 and turned pro after that and played for 10 seasons. Yeah, that's awesome. So, like, did you have, like, a, a, like this is why I want to be goalie moment? Like, uh, w- like what just stuck with you to play in the position? Um, I don't really know, man, to be honest. I, like, like I said, kids always think goalie equipment's awesome and, and like, masks are the coolest thing ever. So, um, even though I didn't get a goalie mask till I was probably, like, 14, but um, – just wanting to be in that equipment and then I guess I loved it when I when I tried it yeah so before you broke in uh, college hockey and professional hockey playing the BCHL like you said for the express it's like what were those two years of playing the BCHL like for you and like the transition period from like youth hockey to playing juniors and like the struggles that you had overcome yeah I mean playing in that league as a 16 year old is tough you're playing against adults and men right like they're, yeah. they're guys up to 20 years old um who are fully developed and have been playing a lot longer than you and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I think my first year was a big adjustment. I didn't play too often. I think I played 20 games or something like that in my first season, maybe less. I don't even know. Um, but just like being on the ice every day was a big change, right? You start practicing uh, every single day. Uh, the road trips and stuff were a lot more intense and there's just more on the line compared to minor hockey. Um and then balancing being a high school um, student at the same time when I had to leave high school in grade 11 and 12 at noon every day. So I'd miss two classes every, um, every weekday to go practice hockey with my team, had to make up the work on my own and just discuss it with the teachers and ended up getting like a 3.89 GPA in high school, which was, um, you know, really good, obviously for my situation and it helped get me a scholarship into um, you know, one of the top 10 liberal arts schools in the country. Yeah, for sure. Did you think it helped you not only as like an athlete, but like as a person overall to manage your time a lot more, especially since you're missing those two classes, like you said? Yeah, definitely. I mean, and being a, an NCAA student athlete, you have to do the same thing. Um, and again, the stakes are raised at that point too. So um, it's definitely, it was an important skill that I learned uh, early on. And I think I took some of that sort of time management um everywhere I went after that yeah so like would you say when you did start in the BCHL were you do you think you were ready right from the start or like versus when you versus like how you felt after you finished your BCHL career or do you think you were just you were just uh fine the entire way there um I think probably most people will have this when they start to play uh, at a level up of what they've, they've been used to playing at. Um, they'll feel a little bit underprepared no matter what, whether they are or not. Um, I probably felt that way. It was a long time ago, so I don't really remember uh, what I was like, but I was just a kid. So um, 
just tried to do my best every day, work hard and, um, ended up working out for me. Yeah. That, that, that's awesome that it ended up working out and you were really good in the BCHL. So then you decided, and then you committed to Colgate university to play division one hockey. It's like, what was the process like back then to commit and sign to play for a university throughout in like, what, what made you pick Colgate, Colgate as your, as your school to go to? Um, well, so that my second year in the BCHL, I was getting recruited pretty heavily early on the first couple months of the season. Um, like I mentioned, I had good grades and had a good SAT score. So I was getting recruited by like Brown, Yale, Harvard, um, Bowling Green wanted to fly me down. But I, I went on a trip to Colgate. They flew me down and showed me the school. And I just fell in love with the place. The campus is beautiful. Um, classes were small. It's obviously a world-class education. Um, and uh, I didn't have to see anywhere else after I went there. They offered me that full ride, and it was over. Yeah, for sure. It's like, how, how do you think your freshman year went compared to, like, what it actually went? Like, were some of, like, the tr- that transition, like, from going to juniors to college and now at that level? I mean, going from the BCHL to a Div 1 program is, it was, I mean – everyone on my team at that point was like the best players on their respective teams before. Right. So all the best players on your team uh, in junior move on to play Div one or whatever. And, and then everyone on your team are those guys. So obviously level of play was raised a lot. Um, I didn't play that much my freshman year at school because I was behind a senior who was an unbelievable goalie for their whole program. And so I just tried to learn from him the most I could. And um and practice hard and just get ready for, for consistently being good at that level. And fortunately I got that opportunity for my sophomore year on. Yeah. Like you, like you said, you, uh, you got to play a lot your sophomore, junior, senior year where you played 36, 36, and then 41 games. It's like how important was recovery during those times for you and just being able to recover the body and not make sure that you're working where you're working your body too hard. Well, I know a lot more now than I did back then. Uh, um, Probably burnt the candle at both ends a little bit too often during college and early on in my pro days. But, um, you know, I obviously, since I was younger, I was always interested in diet and sports nutrition. So I had greater knowledge there than most of my peers um, throughout my years of playing hockey. And, uh, yeah, I mean, rest, sleep, and food are things that, I think athletes take for granted a lot of the time and most people in my opinion probably could do a better job with their recovery stuff. Yeah. So throughout like doing all that, you became a very successful goaltender throughout your four years there. So like, what do you think, or do you think those are the main reasons you became so successful throughout your time there? Um, yeah, I mean, just hard work. I think my work ethic when I was a player was, um, unmatched most of the time so I was always putting in extra work uh watching video of every single game analyzing that um you know my training was always dialed in I had a great trainer all the way from when I was 15 through I followed him around for like 10 years throughout my college and pro career um just to make sure I was always in the best shape and it every fitness testing every season I'd be dominating that and finishing up near the top which was shocking for goalies at that time uh, and I think that opened a lot of doors for me um, just because I was surprising people with that. Yeah, for sure. It's so, like throughout like all your college years, like what, what do you think was some of your favorite memories playing college hockey? 
Uh, besides the stuff away from the ring. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we made the NCAA tournament my freshman year, um, which was really cool. I think for a small school, we have like less than 3,000 students. You know, we got to play Colorado College in the first round of the NCAA tournament. It was pretty neat. Um, and just being able to play hockey at so many different places in so many different states um, while doing well at school, I think is just like, you know, it made me happy. I really enjoyed my time there and I think it prepared me for the pro ranks pretty well. Yeah. So like, what were those like experiences with the NCAA tournament, like be just being able to be there and, and compete? Yeah. I mean, you look around when you're there and you, you see players that you read about on us college, college hockey online and all that stuff. And um, it's just pretty neat. Like knowing that you're sort of in that group of, you know, top whatever percentage of hockey players in the world playing division one college hockey um at a young age so seeing guys play like that when we played colorado college in the first round um they had guys like curtis McElhaney who ended up being a really successful nhl goalie uh he was he was their goalie they had brett sterling who just lighted up in in pro after that and he was obviously an unbelievable college player um, just being around guys and, and having to play against them or watch them play, I think is what drives, uh, a lot of our, you know, competitive spirits, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. In 2005, 2006, you're NCAA ECAC goaltender of the year. So how special was that year for you and just being able to, to nab a goaltender of the year award? Yeah, it was huge. I mean, we, we had a pretty good group that year. Um, and I obviously had a good year. I had a really good start and, and I got the opportunity to play virtually every single game. So I'd start every game, um, which helps when you're trying to prepare, right? You know that you're yeah. going to go. Um, and yeah, just had a really good season. It was, I was eligible for the draft that year. It was like my third year of eligibility. So if I didn't go, I wasn't going to go. Um, but I wasn't really thinking about that the whole time and just sort of taking it one day at a time, working really hard uh, and enjoying getting a chance to play every night. Yeah, for sure. So then after your senior year, you decided to try to go pro where you signed a deal with the Milwaukee Admirals of the AHL for the following season. So like, what was the process for you to sign a pro deal? Did you attend Milwaukee's camp? Did you get an open tryout? Like what happened there? Well, after that sophomore season, that 05-06, uh, when I won goal of the year, I actually got drafted by Nashville. Um, that would have been the 2006 entry draft. Um and so just like being in contact with them throughout my last two years of school, you know, they would always say like, if you're ready to leave, um, you know, we'll have a contract for you and we'll find you a place to play. But I wanted to stay and get my degree. And then after that, I knew it was time to turn pro. So um, knew it was coming. As soon as the season was over, I signed my NHL contract and uh, got to go to Milwaukee for a week just to practice with the team because they were just heading into playoffs. And then I went back and finished school in the next year. Uh, you know, I went to Nashville's camp, tried to impress, and and then got sent down to Milwaukee and ended up there for the whole season. Yeah, so what was that experience like just when they're in the playoffs and just learning from the guys and learning from the goalies there just about how, how you need to be to be a successful goaltender in, in the pro ranks? Just watching their habits. Like, at the time, they had Pekka Rene, <laughs> and he's a pretty good goalie, as we all know. 
Um, so just getting to watch him practice for a week was unbelievable. Um, and then, and then like, if you, if you practice with players at that caliber, you just have to get better. Um, otherwise you're going to be terrible. So it, it forces people to get better. And just like I said about when I moved from the BCHL into college, um, you know, the top two players on my team were like, you know, third or fourth liners in the, in the American league. So the level of play just got raised a lot and being able to see that before I went to training camp the following summer, um, just for that week there at the end of uh, my college season was huge for me and understanding what it takes to be a pro and what level you need to be at. Yeah. So then during your first year with Milwaukee, you went 15, 10 and two. So like, what was your first taste of pro hockey like for you and what made you be so sex so uh, successful that first year? Um, I think just sort of refining my game. It's nice. We had, uh, we had amazing goalie coaches throughout the years there when I was in Nationals organization. So we had Mitch Korn, um, who's probably the most well-known goalie coach in the world um, when it comes to NHL stuff. And he was the head guy in Nashville. And then his assistant at the time was Mike Valley, who ended up being the, the goaltending coach for Dallas for a long time. Um, and so getting to work with those guys a lot, watch video with, with Mike Valley. Um, and we'd see him almost every week, which was huge. Uh, and then fortunately, I, I got to play a decent amount for a rookie in the American League. Um, so that was helpful. I also had a great partner in Drew McIntyre. It, it was like his fifth year pro. So he was a good veteran guy that I could learn from and take a lot out of his game and put it into mine. Yeah, for sure. So did you face a lot of up and ups and downs that season that you had to learn from? And like, if you did, like, what were some of the things that you did to overcome them? Um, I dealt with an some injuries that year, um, which was sort of a theme throughout my career, unfortunately. Um, but you know, stuff like that just makes us stronger individuals, um, with the mental game. So like having to miss time, get to reevaluate sort of where you want to be at, um, work on your game when you're coming back and rehab and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, unfortunate things like injuries can be an opportunity to learn and get better. And I tried to harness that, um, those years and after that when I got hurt um but just watching Drew play that year and what do you do before practice before games you know after practice after games stuff like that um you know set the stage for me to be a really good pro yeah so you talked about mindset there a little bit it's like it's like what were, what would you do to keep a positive mindset especially during your injuries that like you I know you you wanted to play but you had to recover. It's so like, what, what would you do to help your mindset? Even, even in games when you're like having a bad game, like what would that mindset uh, switch be like and just helping you keep, stay, stay calm and relax and stay positive? Um, the best thing that I would do uh, in game would be anytime we, we gave up a goal, um, I would replay it in my mind, have the replay as like a, a screen in my head of what happened. I'd watch it change what I would do differently so that I actually made the save and then I'd zap that memory with the laser and uh it sounds psycho but I'm a goalie so I I feel that I'm a, I'm a goalie too so we're all we're all crazy oh yeah yeah so then in your second year in Milwaukee you guys made you guys went on a playoff run where you where you had a very successful year as well and made a playoff run where you played seven games like what was that first playoff series like for you at the pro levels? And like, 
what were the, your feelings going into that into the game seven when you were playing? Oh man, I didn't know what to do. We were playing uh, we were playing the Chicago Wolves, who were just stacked, and we already played them like twelve times that season. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> they, I mean, this was the year. I don't know if they won it that year, but they, I mean, they were always good. This was the era when they had like Hadar, Krog, um, just a bunch of studs. And uh, I was surprised we took them to seven. I mean, I remember, I think I got one or two shutouts or something in that season or games five or six, I got a shutout uh, to extend the season and um, just having the opportunity to play in a game seven was really fun in pro. Uh, unfortunately, I think we lost two to one or three to two in game seven, but, um, that was my first taste of playing in the playoffs, uh, in the American league. And I mean, the atmosphere was awesome, especially playing in Chicago. They always had sold out barn. So, um, just tried to have fun with it. And I think that's all we can do. Um, especially when the stakes are higher. Yeah, for sure. So what was it like playing against like Hadar, Krog, Sterling and all them just, seeing how, how good they were and, like, how much they worked and just you being able to stop them. Yeah, I mean, it, there, there were guys like that on every team, you know, and those guys at that time should have been playing at the NHL. There's just not enough space, and, and you tend to see it a lot um, with the American League, right? And the top-end players are really NHL players. There's just not enough room on rosters anymore. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just – realizing like taking a step back and looking at the big picture and realizing that you're on the same ice as these guys and we're, we're playing at the same level, um, you know, is a confidence booster in itself. And then just knowing that you have to step it up and, and be the man for your teammates. Yeah, for sure. So then going into the, into the next season uh, in 2010, 2011, you got the chance to play in, in, in an NHL game for the national predators. So like on December 18th, you came in a, in a, a game for relief, of Andres, Andres Lindbeck against the uh, LA Kings and you played 50 minutes that game so can you take us back to that day and the emotions you went through yeah um so I was I was called up then Pecker and I just had knee surgery and uh he was going to be out like four to six weeks as he was recovering from that so I knew he was going to be up for a while but Lindy was really hot and he was playing every game and uh and I had been up there for a while and I knew Pex was getting close to coming back and um you know, I really wanted to get a game, but Lindy was so hot they weren't going to start me. So uh, I was like getting comfortable just riding the pine for 10 games in a row or whatever. I was up there. And uh, sure enough, that night we just got smoked playing at home. And it's it was 3 nothing 10 minutes into the game. And so Barry Trotz was the coach there at the time. And he just said, Dex, get in there. So I didn't even get to think about it. Just hopped on the ice and I was in the NHL. Um, it's it, like pretty neat experience just like going out onto the ice and understanding the opportunity that I that I got um, and that all the hard work in my life paid off um, ended up playing all right for the rest of the game we scored as soon as I got in there we scored a goal and made it 3-1 and I was like okay well uh, you know please don't tie it so I take the loss or something like that <laughs> we end up losing six to one but and then after that actually uh, get called into the office pex is healthy and i'm getting sent back down the next day and i had to play in chicago the next night where we won in a shootout uh and i remember stopping hadar on a slap shot in a shootout standing up just putting my pads together he tried to go five hole but uh that was my that was my one nhl game 
Yeah, did you ever feel like you were settled into that game, or were you just like a nervous wreck that, that entire game? Uh, I felt pretty good, I think, just because I didn't get to think about it, right? I couldn't overthink a start or anything. I just uh, had to go in there. We were already getting smoked, so um, I was probably way less nervous and antsy than I would have been if I was thinking about it all day, like I was going to start. Yeah, so what was it like facing a good LA, te- LA team at the time? Because LA was pretty good at that at, in that season. Yeah. Um, again, like seeing got like Ryan Smith was on the team is NHL legend. I think he scored on me. Um, Ponikarovsky, Dustin Brown, like all these big name guys, all of a sudden are like crashing the crease and you got to play against them. Um, which was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I didn't really get to think about it. It's just a regular hockey game to me. Um, because I got sent in there. Yeah, for sure. So then, like throughout the rest of your career, you spent some you spent some time in multiple teams in both the AHL and the ECHL. But before going over the KHL, so like was like it gone between like the between leagues like AHL and ECHL? Like, what was that transition like? I've heard that it get, it's difficult from like coming up from the ECHL to the AHL and going back to the ECHL. So like, what was that experience like for you? Yeah. Well, so. I got sent down to Cincinnati, I think my second year pro, uh, just for a weekend, just for two games. I lit it up. I was so mad that I got sent down. Um, did really well. And then I didn't end up playing in the ECHL until I came back from the KHL. So, um, fortunately I didn't have to jump between levels in season very often. Um, but yeah, I, over the course of my 10 year career, the ECHL, dramatically improved in terms of hockey play um and quality of players i think just a testament to to like division one college sports improving and uh and having more guys want to play pro hockey after that and so i know early on in my career like this is terrible to say but when we're in the american league and we're getting echl call-ups um you know we're probably thinking like oh this guy's going to be terrible and they're not that great and they're just going to play like two minutes a game or whatever and now i think the top you know top five guys in the echl uh on any given team could play in the american league uh but just like i said about the nhl there's just not enough room so that sort of brought the floor up for everybody and there's less of a jump than people think between those levels yeah for sure so that so then going to the next season, you you went to the KHL from 2013 to 2015, where you spent two years there. So like, what was it like playing in Croatia and like your experience and like how how you how how do you think you did overall when you went with your time over in K in the KHL? I loved it. I loved living in Europe. Um, my team in Zagreb was my dad was actually born there. So it was really cool, and I was playing there uh, in their first season in the KHL. So we were like the superstars of the city. It was awesome. Um, And because of my Croatian heritage, I was sort of like a fan favorite. I was the first uh, signee that the team announced. And the first day I got there, I went to the grocery store to get uh, groceries and food and stuff, and like got recognized, was taking photos with fans inside the grocery store, and I'd like that was the first time that's ever happened to me and it was really really cool um just to understand how much they love sports and hockey there um had a phenomenal year that first year um personally and as a team um we surprised everybody we're a bunch of like 
American League NHL bubble guys and uh, playing in North American style in the KHL on the big ice. And we did really well. And we had a payroll that was like one-tenth of most of the teams in the league. Um, so I ended up signing a two-year deal there. My second year there, got hurt in training camp, tried to battle through injuries. I mean, you can look at the numbers. It was a terrible year for me um, trying to play hurt because I wasn't getting the care that I needed. Um, and ended up having to get knee surgery there in the middle of the season after I said, I can't play anymore because this is not, not working. Um, unfortunately we had a pay dispute with the team, which was pretty crushing. They stopped paying everybody after the season was over and we still owed like a whole bunch of money. And, uh, and now unfortunately for the fans there, the team's defunct and they don't even have a hockey team in any league anymore because they're just too corrupt. Um, but, the people in Croatia, the fans and stuff, it was so awesome. I, I would, if I had a better experience, uh, with ownership and stuff, um, after that second year, I would have stayed there for the rest of my career. I loved living in Europe. I loved playing there. I loved the people of Croatia and, uh, and had a blast. Yeah. So what were, what were some of the favorite spots that you visited from, from playing other teams that when you were in Croatia? There's such a broad range of cities in Russia. Um, you wouldn't believe it. So, the, the, like, playing in Moscow, St. Petersburg, they're, like, big, almost westernized cities in Russia. And then we played in some of these other places that are, like, little villages with, you know, cobblestone roads and um, sort of run-down, shoddy rinks. But, uh, it like, it was just fun to see the world. You know, there's, there's teams in probably five other countries, too. So, getting to see all these different countries – um, to play hockey and get paid to do it is a pretty special experience. Yeah, for sure. You also t played for Team Croatia, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so how, how was that? <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I, I never uh, played in any international competition for Canada, obviously, because I wasn't good enough. Um, so after my second season there, I, like I said, I had knee surgery. Recovering from that, um, I got my passport, which was pretty cool. And then got to play in the world championships for team Croatia. And that was in the Netherlands, which was neat. So we got to see a new country there. Um, got to play internationally. Um, yeah, it's, it's something that I always wanted to do, but was never good enough to do in Canada. So I just chose another country, I guess. And, and you did, you did pretty good with team Croatia, Croatia. So that, that, that's a, that's a bonus as well. Yeah, we, we did well in the tournament. We were actually playing, uh, Korea in the last game and it was it's like all round robin it wasn't like a playoff format so depending on the points you got was who would medal and if we would have won that game we would have got the bronze medal Ooh. and um which would have been the first medal for Croatia in a long time and we were we were pretty good it was like 1-1 halfway through the game I got run and thought I broke my neck I had to get taken off the ice on a stretcher go to the hospital for x-rays and stuff and we ended up getting pumped like 7-1 or something final after I had to go to the hospital, I came back and uh, it was pretty, pretty sad because we didn't get to medal. Um, but overall, it was just an awesome experience playing internationally. Yeah, that experience seemed like it was, it was huge for you and it was just so much fun. And then the following year, you, you came back to the States where you play with teams in the AHL on the East Coast again with the Hershey Bears, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, South Carolina Stingrays and the Reading Royals. It's like, what made you come back? to uh, play in the States and giving the ECHL age on another shot? Well, the, the whole pay dispute thing really 
it's turned me off of playing in Europe. And I know it doesn't happen all the time and, and everywhere, but um, didn't want to risk that anymore with my family. I basically missed that whole season after my knee surgery. So I wasn't going to really get any looks over in Europe. And uh, so I wanted to stay back in North America again. Um, at my age at the time, like I, I knew I wasn't really going to get a good look in the American League anymore, even though I was an all-star previously. Um, and actually didn't have a contract at all until right before training camp started. Uh, ended up talking to Mitch Korn, who was the goalie coach in Nash Nashville when I was there. Um, as I said earlier, he was with Washington. And through him, was able to get a tryout and go to Washington camp. And, you know, once I was there, they could see that I could still play and ended up signing an American League deal with Hershey with the intent of me playing in South Carolina with one of their draft picks and trying to groom him for, for the pros. Yeah, so what was it like uh, helping, that, helping the prospect uh, grow and develop as a, as a goaltender and just being there for him and just teaching him the ropes? It was awesome to watch and be a part of. Um, you know, it was, he's a second-round draft pick. Um, his name's Vitek Vanacek. He still plays in Hershey now. I think he'll probably get some good time in Washington this year. Um, and just seeing him grow as a goalie and as a person, as a 20 year old, um, Czech living in the States for the first time was amazing. Just seeing his English improve, his desire to try and get better and, and learn. He was willing to listen to me, um, and our other coaches as we were sort of, you know, trying to prepare him as he played more and more. Um, but it was tons of fun. I took it as a big responsibility and, um, you know, I enjoyed doing stuff like that just based on all the places that I've played and um, all the years that I played and helped impart some of that knowledge and wisdom on young kids. Yeah. And he's definitely taken that and has had a pretty good season uh, in the last few years with Hershey and in Washington as well. So that it, I bet it's good to see you, especially from your point of just being able to, of that you were, you were helping him during his time when he was in Hershey or yeah, when he was in Hershey in South Carolina. Yeah, no doubt. He's, he was an awesome guy. Um, and he's gonna, he's gonna have a long and really, um, strong pro career, I think. Yeah, for sure. So then after the 2017, 2018 season, you decide to retire and you are now a strength and conditioning coach for your business, uh, deck show high performance. It's like, what made you, what made you create a deck show high performance? Uh, I think just over the, I always loved training one. Um, and over the years I, you know, I learned a lot from my trainer and seeing what's out there, what other guys were doing and all that type of stuff and sort of wanted to, uh, build a niche here for goalies and, and sort of, I don't know, overturn the stigma that goalies don't need to be in shape and don't need to be strong and powerful and whatever. Um, and I think that's sort of happening here slowly over time. Um, as we see the, the more big name, more successful guys in the NHL, um, you know, they're actually really strong and train hard and all that stuff. And they're not just fat slobs anymore. So, um, trying to attack that here and build some knowledge, train some of the youth, um, and just to develop the same love for training that I had. I think it's an, it's an important skill, obviously, for sports performance, but I think long-term, um, if we want to live a long and healthy life, we need to be doing some form of exercise and strength training. Um, so that's been really fun. Yeah, for sure. So is there like a certain approach you use for different people to train different goalies, or do you just – or do you, do you usually just – do whatever, whatever works for you and whatever works for the guy you're training. 
Yeah, I, I have a system. So all of my clients start out with an assessment. We do a movement assessment and, and assessment of their goals and stuff like that. And um, I do have a bunch of general population adult clients that I don't train the same way that I would a junior hockey player or a pro hockey player. Um, so just based on what I find in my assessment and the, and the person's goals, we attack that. Um, I've started to build out a pretty successful system uh, that I used all summer with my goalies and trained a, a player to a WHL player um, and really got great results this summer and just looking forward to building off of that success next off season, whenever that is. The hockey seasons are so messed up right now. We don't really know what's happening. Um, and leagues are sort of starting or ending and all of that type of stuff. So it might look a little bit different next summer or guys will be on a different time schedule, but the goal is always the same. Just physically prepare them for the demands of their sport. Yeah, exactly. And it's just so weird with, because whenever the NHL is supposed to start, it's going to push back everything else. And then the off season is going to be a whole different thing. And then the next season, hopefully we'll start on time, but you never know at this point, it's just going to be, it's going to be wild. Yeah, totally wild. I mean, I had my WHL guy, you know, he was told that this was going to be the start date. Okay, he's going to leave. And then, no, it's getting pushed back a month and then gets put, pushed back a month again. I ended up training him extra for two months, which was huge for him because he was a 17-year-old kid. He gained another five pounds of muscle. He ended up gaining almost 20 pounds in the offseason. Um, good good weight, too. And, uh, like, so developmentally, I think for a lot of youth and high performers that are 16, 17 years old, um, it gave them an opportunity to train for a little bit longer and better prepare for what's to come, whether they're going to play or not. That's a different story, but, um, I hope, I hope that most of my guys get to play at least a little bit or a shortened season, um, and then look forward to building off of it next year. Yeah, for sure. It's just, it's crazy times we're living in and don't know what's going to happen and what happened in the future for season. So it's definitely going to be interesting. Definitely going to be something that, you will hopefully never see again. So that, hope, yeah. so that's going to be, that's, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm watching the league. Some of my guys have like started playing exhibition games. Um, was training an ECHL goalie who they've started their season now. So they're actually playing. Um, it's just so all over the map. Nobody really knows. So I just sort of check in with my guys as often as I can, see how they're doing, see if they need anything from me. Um, and hopefully they're just staying ready. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Mark, I have one more question for you before we get this thing over with. So, uh, do you have any tips for goalies looking to get to that next level, whether it be training on the ice or like, or like both in a, or like both development and in training? Yeah, it depends on uh, the ages and levels that you're playing at. But one thing that's the same across the board is have fun got to have fun playing the game um near the end of my career I wasn't having fun anymore um my performance suffered and it just it's it was a job and it wasn't a game anymore um so no matter what level you're playing at you got to be having fun um you have to enjoy being out on the ice every time you're out there um, don't take for granted any opportunity that you can and then younger kids need to play multiple sports that's always been a big thing for me. So you can develop a whole bunch of different skills and movement uh, by playing a whole bunch of sports, learn how to move your body and control it. Um, and then you can specialize in hockey when you need to, when you can't do anything else. So that's, that's my advice for younger kids. Um, anybody that wants to get to the next level, I think 
your off ice training and preparation is obviously huge. Um, and it's not optional anymore. It's something that you have to do and you have to train hard two to four or five days a week. And, um, yeah, build yourself up so you can take, you know, take advantage of any opportunity that you get. Yeah, that's some, that's some great advice. So do you have anything you want to plug in like your, like deck show high performance or like, or like on Instagram, Twitter, like any of that? Yeah. I'd love to get some more followers on, uh, on the gram. The, my Instagram is at deck show high performance. Um, I post stories every day of what my clients are doing. Um, I try to put out some educational content, um, as often as I can on there and on Facebook. Um, my website, www.dexshowhighperformance.com has a blog that I've written some articles on hand-eye training, training for goalies, um, stuff like that. So there's some pretty good educational nuggets in there for people who want to know more about why and how I do my things with my athletes. Um, and trying to add, you know, I try to get one blog post out a month there. Um, but yeah, reach out to me, DM, whatever on those platforms. And, uh, I'd love to get back to people as soon as they are, as soon as I have time to do it and hopefully I can answer some questions. Awesome. I'll, I'll definitely be able to, I'll definitely share those in the descriptions of the, of the episode. So Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show and taking the time out of your day to come on the show. I really appreciate your time and want to wish you nothing but the best of luck with everything going forward. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah.